Good afternoon, everyone. We will look at uh, Matthew chapter 13 today, verses 44 through 46. So far, it's been uh, really good weather for our Sunday worship services, and um, hopefully it will continue to be like that, but uh, we all know that it's going to get cold very soon, relatively pretty soon, and so uh, as long as the weather permits, we will continue to be out here for our Sunday service, and, uh, but we'll, we'll announce that on a weekly basis. Okay, the title of the sermon is The Precious Pearl, The Precious Pearl. Matthew 13, 44, 45, and 46. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that we can gather together to worship you, uh, the freedom that we have to do this, the opportunity to hear your word, to think about it, to be uh, changed by it. And we pray that your spirit would use this time to use the word of God in our hearts to stir us to greater affections for you. Be here with us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, okay, so I don't really have a, a, a catchy intro. I just want to describe why we're talking about this parable and uh, what I'm hoping to accomplish as we think about this parable or these two parables is that uh, I'm guessing right now that many of us, most of us, are wishing that we were closer to God. I think that's generally the, the, the sentiment, especially as we've been going through this pandemic and We've been isolated, and, and, and ironically, along with more time, uh, a lot of us, we've been, we've been a little more lazy, perhaps. Just uh, more time meant more opportunities to do uh, many other things or to be distracted by many other things rather than focusing on Jesus or focusing on getting closer to God. And I'm guessing that many of us, if we're to be honest and someone asked you, Personally, how are you doing spiritually? A lot of us probably be thinking, I wish I was better uh, spiritually. I wish I was better following God right now. And uh, as we're beginning the semester now, and it's the start of something new, uh, new semester, new goals that we can set, new year of our church, I think looking at this passage can help us to maybe set some goals for the semester, like real concrete goals that will help us and sets, maybe set some markers of, of growing spiritually and being more intentional about that and, and uh, really seeking to treasure Jesus more. And so, so that's the goal as we look at um, these, these two parables. Um, I know that a lot of times when we look at things like this, our tendency is to kind of feel bad. Oh, man, I'm not treasuring Jesus. He's not as precious to me as he should be. But rather than that, like we want to turn our eyes away from ourselves and look at Jesus and really try to set some goals for the semester that will help us to love Jesus more. Okay, so that's, that's the intent of the sermon today. Okay, so first, 
the meaning of the parable. So basically, I want to talk about the meaning of the parable and then some lessons, a few lessons from the parable, the meaning of the parable. Okay. Um, let me first make a few general comments about this parable. Jesus often used parables or stories to teach something about the kingdom of God, and that's what he's doing here. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he tells a story that teaches us something about the nature of the kingdom of God. So, so that's what he's doing through this story. Now, someone can hear this parable and think, isn't what this man did unethical, right? Isn't it kind of deceiving to, to find the treasure, bury the treasure, and then buy the field? Isn't it kind of deceiving to the landowner? Um, I guess you can think that, but the point has nothing to do with the legality of what he did or the morality of, this, of what he did. It's kind of like when Jesus says that he will come like a thief in the night. Like we don't hear that and go, oh, like Jesus is condoning robbery, right? Uh, the point is in that situation when Jesus, I, I'm going to come like a thief in the night. The point is that Jesus will come unannounced. He's not condoning being a thief. So it's a similar situation here. We're not to get caught up on the, the morality of what he did and, and so on. Now the two parables here are a pair. And the, the two parables have the same point, which is pretty obvious. And the point is, right, in the, in the parable, the treasure that the man finds is, is supremely valuable. The pearl that the merchant finds is of great value. It's so valuable that the man sells everything that he has to obtain the treasure. He sold all that he had and bought the, the pearl. And the point is, Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is the precious pearl. Why is Jesus valuable? Maybe we can describe Jesus in this way. There are many ways to describe Jesus, but we can just describe it our purposes here in this way Jesus is holy and Jesus is love Jesus is holy he is he's set apart he's unique he's like no other he's holy Jesus is holy means that even the angels in heaven cannot look at him because they will die because Jesus is so holy and in his holiness in his power in his unique almighty power he created the universe with his spoken word that's who Jesus is. His name is above every name. And Jesus is the person of infinite worth. He's holy. And Jesus is love. This almighty, holy God, Jesus, the creator of the universe, became a man and lived among us. Jesus suffered as we suffered to identify with our suffering. And then he bore our sins on his body on the cross so that so that we can yield our soul to him and have eternal life so Jesus just like Nathan prayed right Jesus the transcendent God came to us and loved us and he promises to always continue to love us he's holy he's love so the kingdom of heaven is like seeing this Jesus this unique, holy, yet imminent with us, caring for us, loving Jesus. It's like seeing this Jesus and then trading everything that we have to have Jesus because he is supremely worthy. That's the meaning of this parable. 
Very simple. The, the, the pearl is precious. The treasure is of infinite worth. Jesus is that treasure. So he's worth giving all that we have so that we can have Jesus. The meaning of the parable. Okay, so secondly, some lessons, a few lessons from the parable. Number one, lesson number one. We choose, we choose what we want more. We choose what we want more. One day this week, I took some of our, a few of our boys to play basketball at the YMCA, and uh, two of them were ready to go. They were packed and ready to go. One of them happened to be in the middle of his Fortnite game. And he really likes basketball. Tryouts are coming out come in, a in a week, actually. So he's trying to practice. He really likes basketball, basketball, but he also really likes playing Fortnite. I said, hey, let's go. But he's, he's torn. He pauses, looks at me, pauses. And then he goes, I'll just shoot in the driveway today. So he made his choice. And his choice revealed what his heart wanted more at that moment. That's what's going on here. Kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a field a man found, covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and what does he do? He sells all that he has and buys the field. Verse 46, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. So in these parables, there is a loss and a gain, right? The loss is he sells all that he has. So whatever he had, he doesn't have those things anymore. He loses everything that he had. And the gain is he attains the treasure. He buys the pearl. The man can't have the treasure and the pearl. He can't have that and everything else that he, he used to have. The merchant cannot have this pearl and every other pearl that he previously owned. You can't gain without the loss. You have to decide which do you want more. That's the nature of the kingdom of heaven. Everyone who encounters Jesus has to make a choice. And it comes down to what do you want more? Jesus or something else? Are you willing to lose anything to gain Jesus? And... Uh, that's the question that we ask. We have to ask ourselves. And this, is, this doesn't apply only when you first encounter Jesus. Oh yes, when I first encountered Jesus, I accepted Jesus into my heart. I said I'm going to forsake everything to follow. It's not just when you first encounter Jesus. This is a choice that we make in every stage of life, right? For people who are entering college, this is a, a decision that you have to make. Is Jesus going to be supreme in my life or other things? Every stage, no matter what stage you are in life, that's a choice that you have to make. And this is a choice that we make every morning of our lives. Am I willing to lose anything to have Jesus? So first lesson, we choose what we want more. Second lesson, value. Value is objective and subjective. Value is objective and subjective. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure in the field, which a man found covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. This parable does not say a man found a treasure worth $10 million and so he bought the field for $100,000. <laughs> right? 
The parable does not give us specific numbers where the value of the treasure far exceeds the price paid for the field. Because if in that case, everyone would make that choice. If it's just a matter of crunching numbers, everyone would make that choice. It is true. It is true that Jesus is more valuable than anything that we can give to have Jesus. That's true. But this parable isn't just talking about the objective value of the treasure. The parable points to how each individual sees the worth of the treasure. This man saw the treasure and he personally valued the treasure more than any amount he could possibly give for the treasure. But someone else might think that what he did was crazy. To one man, it's worth every penny he paid, but to another, it's a waste. So there's a, a personal subjective element in these parables. The infinite objective worth of Jesus must be subjectively realized. So, so is Jesus, so the question, is Jesus worthy? Yes, absolutely yes. All the heavens and the angels declare absolutely yes to that question. Is Jesus worthy? Yes. Is Jesus worthy to you? Now that depends on every individual heart. The Bible is full of examples of people who are willing to give up their lives to have the treasure of Jesus. Right? We think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the burning furnace, willing to give up their lives. We, we think of Daniel in the lion's den, willing to give up his life. Most of the 12 disciples choosing to die to follow Jesus, each making a choice in faith that having God is worth more than their physical lives. And even in church history, church history is full of men and women willing to trade their lives to have Jesus. And that's exactly what these parables are pointing us to. This joyful desire to sell all that he has because he found something so worthy. Jesus is objectively worthy, but is he worthy to you? Value is objective and subjective. Thirdly, third lesson, following Jesus is fueled by joy. Following Jesus is fueled by joy. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a field. The man found covered, covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. The man does not buy the field and then regrets it later. Why did I buy this field? Someone told me that this is supposed to be valuable, but I don't see it. See, he doesn't do the external activity. He doesn't do the external activity first of selling all that he has and then tries to get his heart to match his activity. Oh, let me value this treasure. Rather, the internal fuels the external. The, mount, the man found the treasure, found the pearl, and in his joy, the joy in his heart, the joy compelled him to sell all that he had. And think of it in this way. Um, the coach says to two basketball players, if you put in the work, then you'll see results. Put in the work, put in the time, and you'll see results. 
So they both are determined to put in the work. They get up early to work out, to practice, to spend hours in the gym. But after a while, one of them gets tired, doesn't want to wake up early anymore to go to the gym and do all those things. But the other player, the second player, keeps at it, keeps going. Why? Because he loves the game. He has great joy being in the gym. To one, it's become work. To the other, it's a joy. So following Jesus, serving God, is supposed to be fueled from something inside. And this is why some people burn out, right? Following Jesus or serving Jesus becomes a burden. What one person would consider a, a sacrifice, another person considers it a privilege because of the joy in his heart. But now, having said that, we should also point out that we don't give credit to the man for having joy, right? We're not supposed to think, wow, what a great man, full of joy. He gave up everything for the treasure. That's not the point of the parable. The credit goes to the treasure. It's kind of like this. No one looks through a telescope to see the amazing beauty of the night sky, right? Constellations and stars and whatever. No one looks through a telescope to see the amazing beauty of the night sky and says, wow, what a great telescope. What a powerful telescope. And then all your attention goes to the telescope. I need to get me one of these telescopes. If we do that, then we're missing the point. The beauty is up in the sky. But that's often what we do when we read the Bible, when we come across passages like this. Even right now, some of you are thinking, I need to be like this man. Oh, he was compelled by joy in his heart. I need to be filled with joy. But you see, that's not the point. If that's what you're thinking, you're missing the point. The point is that the treasure is valuable, that Jesus is beautiful, and joy just naturally comes from beholding Jesus. And that is why like we just we we just got to look at Jesus. We get off our social media, we get off all of our distractions, and we go to his word to behold the treasure with the prayer, God, help me to see the beauty of Jesus. And when we do that, when we're in his word, when we behold Jesus, then 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 as a as a result of seeing the beauty of Jesus, that joy naturally grows. In our hearts and and that joy sometimes like hits you in those rare random moments where like it's just strange random moments you might be just sitting looking out the window and then tears begin to swell up in your eyes God thank you thank you for saving a sinner like me thank you that I can serve you thank you that I can live for you thank you that I can spend my life for you the credit doesn't go to me because of anything, it's because Jesus is beautiful that he fills our hearts with a joy that cannot be contained. Following Jesus is fueled by joy. Fourthly and lastly, treasuring Jesus is the proof of knowing Jesus. 
treasuring Jesus is a proof of knowing Jesus. These parables, these two parables, are recorded between two other parables. Just before this passage, Jesus explains the parable of the weeds. The weeds. There are weeds and wheat together in the field. And in the end, the weeds will be separated from the wheat. Jesus explains that. And right after these parables is the parable of the net. The fisherman catches all kinds of fish, and he separates the good fish from the bad fish. So both of those parables teach that there are two kinds of people in this world, those who truly belong to Jesus and those that don't. And in between those two parables are these two parables that we're looking at today about treasuring Jesus. So in that context, I think our two parables are showing us the identifying mark of those that belong to God. Those that truly know Jesus, treasure Jesus in their hearts, and are fueled by the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit as we see Jesus. We often have categories in our minds of different types of Christians, right? Like we do this. There are radical Christians and there are some fake Christians, right? We think like that. They're radical Christians who give up everything to follow. They might like um, go to uh, uncomfortable, dangerous parts in this world, forsaking their family, forsaking their possessions to preach the gospel. There are radical Christians and then there are those fake Christians. And then there's me, the normal Christian. But I don't think that's what we see in the Bible. Jesus says, right, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he teaches. This is the nature of the kingdom of heaven. This is what the citizens of the kingdom of heaven are like. Those who enter the kingdom of heaven, fueled by the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit, give everything to have Jesus. Treasuring Jesus is the proof of knowing Jesus. Let me just share um, one application before we finish. Uh, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. This pearl tradesman was in search, was in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Right? So, so that was his line of work. That's what he always thought about. He was seeking after pearls. One day, when he found one of great value, his heart jumped. This guy found the great pearl because he was in search of pearls. And let me just say this as an application. If you are one of those, like that's where you're at in your life right now, in your heart, you're not happy with where you're at spiritually, how you've been doing spiritually over the summer, I can guarantee you that if you're earnestly seeking to get closer to Jesus, you will get closer to Jesus. Guarantee you. That's a guarantee. If you're earnestly seeking to get closer to Jesus, if you're, if you're in the line of work of, of, of seeking pearls, you will find the great pearl. He will become more real to you. The joy will continue to grow in your heart. And I, I mentioned that vision night that I want people who serve at CLC to, 
to be like just be in a state where they really want to do it and that's part of the reason why we're changing our life group leader selection process and and um and a huge part of that is is to minister to the people is is a way to care for the people who feel like you're not where you want to be spiritually because the last thing that we want is for you to feel burdened or to feel obligated to do certain things in the church because that would be like selling everything that you have and then later wondering why I bought the field just really as a ministry to everyone in our church I just want our church to minister to where you are wherever that may be in this moment and first to help us to treasure Jesus and uh, and so along that line I just want to encourage you to like take time this semester to just set some goals and some markers to treasure Jesus more this morning um, I saw a, a, a Cubs, Chicago Cubs baseball Cubs game recap video. Every time the Cubs win a game, they make a recap video and show it to people like me who, who subscribe and like their page. For some reason, every time they lose, they don't make one of these videos. But when they win, they put these videos out. And so I automatically get these and I like watching it when they win. So I was watching this video anyway. Right after the video, I don't uh, like right after this video, another video played on Facebook. And this video, which I'm going to talk about, was uh, from the Steve Harvey Show. And it's a segment called The Battle of Pickup Lines. So I guess uh, in this show, like there's a girl and two guys. Steve Harvey gives a scenario and the two guys battle with their best pickup lines to win the girl's heart. And like, I guess the winner of this competition gets to go on a date with her or something like that. The scenario was, you see her sitting at a coffee shop drinking coffee. You have your coffee in your hand. You approach her. What do you say? Okay, so first guy, he goes, so he goes, uh, oh, this coffee, excuse me. He goes, this coffee is giving me the jitters. Mind if I sit down before I fall for you? So upon hearing that, the girl she smiles. She liked it. She smiles and she goes, oh, she goes, oh, that's good. So it was the other guy's turn. Um, he goes, is there a thief around here? Because I think you stole my heart. Okay, so now that obviously was not as good as the first line, right? So he says that, is there a thief around here? Because I think you stole my heart. <laughs> like there's this, she pauses. She doesn't say anything. There's like this awkward pause. And then she does this awkward laugh and she goes, <laughs> that's it? And then she has a sign, I guess, like whether she approves or not. And then she gives him the sign that says lame. And then obviously she chose the first guy and he was the winner. We think about that scenario. And honestly, I think that's how we often think when we come to God, we think like we have to, like we have, we have to like do things or we have to certain ways. Like we got to impress God when we come to God and we put the burden on ourselves 
to get ourselves to love Jesus more. Isn't that often what we do? Oh, I'm not like this man. What do I have to do to become more like this man? And the burden falls on me many times. Like I have to come to God and impress him with my, with my lines. If I'm not filled like joy, with, with joy like this man, then I'm not good enough before God. But you see, that's not how the gospel narrative works. We come to him as we are. We come to him as we are. And as long as we come earnestly seeking after Jesus, our hearts will inevitably become filled with joy. That's a guarantee because, because Jesus is just too beautiful. So keep after, keep after it, keep seeking to get closer to Jesus and make some heart goals for this semester. As you have different kinds of goals, make some heart goals for the semester. And these can be like some questions that you constantly ask yourself as you're continually going to Jesus. Am I growing in joy? Am I treasuring Jesus? Am I thankful for Jesus? Is it a privilege to serve Jesus? So the markers are not, am I doing this, right? Like, am I, am I serving? Am I going to these meetings? Am I attending? What, it's not like that. Am I growing in joy? Am I treasuring Jesus? Am I thankful in my heart? Is it a privilege to be serving Jesus? And those things will happen. I promise you they will happen. If you keep earnestly going to Jesus, you will get closer to Jesus because he is just too beautiful for that not to happen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for these parables that are a mirror into our hearts. And uh, not only a mirror into our hearts, but it's a, a, it's a pathway, a telescope that helps us to see the beauty of the night sky. And we pray that you would help us to take our eyes off of ourselves, help us to behold the beauty of Jesus every morning, every night, help us to earnestly seek after him, even in our weakness, knowing that you love strengthening those who are weak. Help us to see Jesus, to fall in love with Jesus, and become joyful people that consider it a privilege to follow Christ because of the precious pearl. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Pray together. So, uh, as we pray and uh, close out the service, I just wanted to look at this, um, you know, treasure, hidden treasure, precious pearl passage uh, as we begin the semester, so that we can continue to use this passage as a, as a, you know, kind of like a marker, like we can look back on it and continue to set goals for the semester and check our hearts. And um, like if we can really try to uh, grow in this way, to treasure Christ more, uh, I think that's a, that's a healthy church, right? Not, a, not any other marker, but when we're really filled with joy, treasuring Jesus, I think that's a, that's a healthy church, that's a healthy follower of Christ. So let's uh, continue to Think about that and seek after that throughout this 
after our coming months and um, use that as a page of our hearts. Father, we thank you for this time, for your word, um, and that you are mindful of us. Almighty God created the universe, is close to us, and you're thinking of us, you're mindful of us every single moment of our lives, no matter where we are figuratively, no matter where we are, you are near to us because of Jesus Christ. And uh, you do not give up on us. So uh, with the guarantee that we have, the assurance that uh, when we draw near to God, you will draw near to us. Help us to earnestly seek and fill our hearts with the joy that only you provide, the fruit of the Spirit uh, that causes us to sell all that we have, spend our lives for the sake of your glory. Thank you, Lord. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, this incredible, unchanging covenant love of the Father God, fellowship and the strength of the power of the Holy Spirit be with you, God's people, both now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for a moment. We'll do a few announcements before we finish. Um, as I mentioned, Sunday service will continue to